0: Life moves pretty fast. You don't stop and look around once in a while. You could miss it.
1: Who said that? Who the f- said that? This a Tommy The Phone's for you. I think it's the devil. Who are these fing guys? There's a me yes! We'll go to the moon event together.
2: It's a lot of nonsense. A
1: little nonsense now and then is relished by the wisest men. What time is it? Yeah, yeah. Well, hey, everybody, welcome to the Total BS Podcast, the debut. My man, Justin Spears, is on the mic on the other side, all the way down in, I think, the Pueblo, Tucson, what have you. There you go. I'm Saul Bookman. Uh, Man, we are so excited to bring this to you. It's been a long time coming for both of us. We've been talking about running this podcast together. Uh, Justin, you know, just tell the the people a little bit about yourself.
2: Yeah, well, I'm a Tucson native, Um, currently working for the Arizona Daily Star. Um, Also have a radio show on ESPN Tucson right now. But of course, with the current state of the world, I'm a little bit on hiatus where the show is on hiatus. Um, So I'm just focusing on uh, projects with the Arizona Daily Star. Um, I do a podcast with the Arizona Daily Star as well. It's called the Wildcats Podcast. It covers Arizona Wildcats athletics. I also write... And do digital and produce digital content uh, with the Arizona Daily Star. And I really love my job. I love what I do at the Arizona Daily Star. But now that we're quarantined, we have a lot of time or a little bit of extra time on our hands, So it gives us an opportunity to create this podcast, something we've been talking about for the last few years now. I'm a sports nut. I also really love entertainment and movies. As you can see right now, um, I got a shirt that resembles both Ray Allen, a.k.a. Jesus Shuttlesworth from the movie He Got Game. And this is something that you can expect from our podcast. You know, we're going to talk about sports. Yeah, we're from Arizona, and we cover Arizona sports. But this is a platform uh, we have that we can talk about pretty much whatever we want. And there's a lot of things to talk about, even though sports has come to a halt and I'm excited to do with my guy Saul.
1: Hell yeah. You know, I mean that I, in a nutshell that's exactly what we want to do, right? We we have to we have to cover our local teams with our day jobs, right? And sure. I thought this was going to be a perfect opportunity to talk about something other than that, you know, because there's so much stuff out there in the world of sports and just the world in in general that we each want to 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 discuss and we don't really have a platform for that so much. So I figured, hey, let's get it started here. My best, my best guy. He's gonna be the best man at my wedding. You know, like, hey, that's just this is how we roll. Justin and I met a long time ago, like five years ago, down at the University of Arizona. He was running camp radio. I i reached out to him for a spot on the radio, and the rest is history. It's been awesome. Mm-hmm. I work for Fox Sports Arizona, and that's my full time job. I'm, I'm in charge of the social and digital media there, and uh, it's been a great. And we cover the Suns, the Coyotes, the backs, and we get access to a lot of cool stuff. But at the end of the day. Um, it's always nice to do something that you're kind of passionate about. Not that I'm not passionate about that, but, you know, this is something different. And everybody likes yeah. a little bit of something different in their life. And especially now when we have a lot of time on our hands, it's it's a good time to start. So, hey, let's get into it. And speaking of fresh starts, a lot of college players about to get that new fresh start in the NFL. The NFL draft coming up this Thursday. And, uh, Justin, just to kind of start it off, Tua tonga said, Seems like he's the the number one guy on everybody's board in terms of storylines, right? Where is he going to go? Is he healthy? So on, so forth. Where do you see Tua Tonga landing in this year's NFL draft?
2: Um, you look at several mock drafts virtually everywhere, and I mean, it's it's tough to find a mock draft where he falls further than six. Right. I mean, he's a a first round quarterback. He's arguably the best quarterback in the draft. I mean, when he stepped up at Alabama, he created this this huge name for himself and he's lived up to it. You know, winning a national championship, being that go to guy at a powerhouse at a dynasty uh, like Alabama. And yeah, he's had the hip injury, which is comparable to Bo Jackson and what he had to go through. And sure, a lot of people are concerned with that. But you look at Tua Tagovailoa and you hear the interviews that he's done um, on ESPN, on other platforms, you know, getting ready for the NFL draft, and he seems like he's ahead of schedule. Now, unfortunately, during this quarantine period, he doesn't have this opportunity to – you know, really go out and show his stuff and, and go, you know, have workouts and show scouts show GMs that he's really ahead of schedule. Uh, But, you know, there's going to be a team that takes a chance on him because he's got the hype around his name. He's, he's built such a, like a, like I said, such a great name at the college level. People are going to look at his tape at Alabama and say, wow, if that guy's healthy, he's going to make a difference at the next level. And with the way NFL offenses are going towards I mean, he's a perfect quarterback. You look at what Kyler Murray did with the Arizona Cardinals just a year ago. Imagine a two-attack of Iloa, a guy who I think can be better than Kyler Murray. Oh come um, on! <laughs> I'm not, listen, here we go. Can, just Let's me, start listen, it off. he can be. He can be better <laughs> than Kyler. On, Murray. I did not say he is better than Kyler come Murray. On. Kyler Murray's great, man. He he is. But Tua Tagovailoa, he's got some good stuff. And I think when he gets to the next level and he could stay healthy, I think he will be a pretty good quarterback.
1: I don't know if you notice this right now, but you got a lot of John Gruden coming out through your ears right now, the way you just finished off that sentence right there. And so, I first of all, you didn't even answer the question, is Tua Tagovailoa – where is he going to land? Yes. Where is he going to land? Where is he going to go? Top five. Top five.
2: Give give me a team. If he's not going top five – He's going top six, and if he's going top six, he's going to the Los Angeles Chargers.
1: Oh, <laughs> what? Uh, he, all, he's,
2: either going, hey, he's either going to let Miami it, Dolphins or let Los it be Angeles known then,
1: Let it be known then that this guy's a Chargers fan. Let's just let's <laughs> throw that out there, okay? Let's just throw that out. Everything is Chargers or wait for basketball season. Everything's going to be Lakers, and you're going to get sick of it. I promise you that. Don't worry, but that's my job to kind of check it, right? Yeah. Uh, so Tua talking about Lua. I think Miami and Washington are two de- destinations that uh, Washington, kind of, kind of the hot spots right now. Washington, if they pass up on Chase Young, which would are be crazy, would be crazy. But it could happen if they just love Tua, right? There's a sleeper team out there that I really, I'm, I'm intrigued by, and why am I intrigued by them? Because a similar situation happened last year with the Cardinals and Josh Rosen, where. You had Kyler Murray out there. He's clearly a better player. Do you take the gamble, even though you just had a first-round draft pick at quarterback the year before? The New York Giants. I'm telling you. <laughs> I'm telling you. There's a sneaky suspicion that hey, maybe they just they they don't really like Jones that much, and they see Tua sitting there. And if they fall to him, why not? Why not? You know, you don't get many opportunities to make a change at quarterback and and pick a franchise-level quarterback. Um, And so if you see one, you got to grab it. And the Cardinals did that last year. It seems to be the right choice. Offensive rookie of the year. I wonder if New York could be thinking along those same lines.
2: Here's the thing, though. You saw the New York Giants a year ago. They need help everywhere. And I think quarterback is really the least of their words. I mean, Daniel Jones, Danny Dimes didn't really
1: he didn't just, really show didn't really show
2: too many dimes this past season in his first year in the NFL but I'm telling you what I I don't I don't see them giving up on a guy like Daniel Jones after after one year and showing glimpses of, of being an NFL quarterback I don't think they give up on a guy like Daniel Jones and I think they got to patch up on the defensive side of the ball if they want to compete in the NFC East
1: but you know who could get rid of their quarterback that they just drafted last year it could be Washington. Which is also very fascinating. Two two teams in the NFC East that had first round picks that might just give them up in order to get Tua.
2: I I just feel bad for Dwayne Haskins if you were if you were to be able to do that. No, I, I seriously, you you get drafted and you're expected to be this this franchise
1: guy, and they, they throw you out year. there. He had one good year at Ohio State, Dwayne Haskins. Yes. Yeah. He had one okay. good year. So did Cardell Jones. He had so did Joe Burrow, and he's going he, number one overall. He had three good games. Yeah, but I mean, Joe Burrow's good year was like ridiculously good. You sure. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> You're right. I mean, he broke a lot of records. You know what I mean? And if you look at what LSU was prior to Joe Burrow getting there, they weren't really much offensively. Defensively, one of the best in the country, hands down, the DBU. But oh, man, when, it, when you break it down, <laughs> uh, yeah. The the offensive craziness that LSU was able to display last year was on another but, level for sure.
2: But I mean it it also, you know, I know we're gonna talk about the Jordan documentary uh coming up with our guy Brandon Scooby Robinson. You, and, going uh, we're we're, right. we're gonna give our we're gonna give our thoughts on, on that. But you know, you you look at what the supporting cast to Jordan, you know, he had a solid foundation. I look at the same way with LSU. Joe Burrow had some pretty solid wide receivers. He probably has, what, three wide receivers that are, are going to go in the first two rounds of the draft? Yeah. He had, you know, some some quality running backs. I mean, it's a, it's a pretty good foundation there. But, you know, going back to Dwayne Haskins, I know we kind of went down this rabbit hole here. Sure. Uh, I just don't see the Redskins giving up on him. It's considering because, because Chase Young, I mean, this guy, I mean, he has a chance to be like – like Bosa last year with the San Francisco 49ers. I mean, he has a chance to have that kind of impact where he's going to be a Pro Bowl defensive lineman uh, from the get-go. I mean, he's just that good. I don't think you pass up on a guy like that. And I think with Dwayne Haskins, you give him an offensive line, you give the guy a chance because obviously you liked what what you saw out of him a couple years ago. I say give him a chance and go with Chase Young.
1: I think in addition to that, some of the other storylines that are kind of, you know, kind of out there, especially let's just focus on the first round since it's this Thursday on ESPN. Um, you know, you have movement in the first round, which we inevitably have in some way, shape or form. Right. I think this year we could have the potential of seeing a top 10 team move out of the first top, uh, of the top 10 picks and move down into the draft to to accrue some other ones And the team that I'm really thinking about. And, and mostly because, you know, obviously this is local to me, uh, but the Cardinals. Possibly moving out of that eighth spot and moving down into the draft, and two teams really come to mind: the Denver Broncos and the Atlanta Falcons. Both of them looking for help defensively. Both of them looking for somebody that they can they can put on that defensive line to really help them out. And I think both of those teams are going to be looking to move up. And the Cardinals are sitting there; they just had a they've had a really good offseason, right? They got DeAndre Hopkins. They've made a, a couple of great signings. So what do you really need? If you're the Cardinals, you don't really need to force anything, right? If somebody yeah. should slip down, like an Isaiah Simmons or somebody like that, sure, take the take it, right? But if you get to seven and all those those top six prospects are gone, hey, why not move down, get yourself another second round pick, the one that you lost to Houston? Then you really just traded David Johnson in a bag of sandwiches for DeAndre Hopkins. So hey, I, I'm good with that. So yeah, I mean it. I think the Arizona Cardinals are sticking
2: strictly with the the defensive side of the ball. I don't I don't see them drafting any anything else in the
1: first round. Oh, I don't know about that. I mean, could could, you, could it would it really surprise you if CD Lamb dropped all the way to the Cardinals and they didn't take him? If if that's the case, not at eight, beef up. not at eight. But let's just say that let's just say like twelve or fourteen, him or Jerry Judy, right? Yeah, if either one of them drop. I mean, you mean Cliff Kingsbury wouldn't love to have two dynamic receivers in addition to Larry Fitzgerald and Christian Kirk. And oh, absolutely. I mean, oh, my gosh. That offense would be ridiculous.
2: Considering the number of receivers they use. Oh, absolutely. I mean, and that would give Kyla Murray even more weapons. Like, you're you're talking about arguably the greatest college football wide receiver and adding arguably the greatest wide receiver in football right now in just the offseason. Absolutely. I mean, that, that would be a home run first round uh, for the Arizona Cardinals. But I think with – Something that I'm looking forward to and seeing if it's going to happen is, you know, what's going to happen with the big name franchises? You know, whenever we talk about America's team, you think about the Dallas Cowboys. I think about the New England Patriots. And in this case, what are both of those teams going to do during the NFL draft? Are the New England Patriots going to trade up to possibly get their uh, heir apparent to Tom Brady? You know, what's the what are the Dallas Cowboys going to do with their current quarterback situation with Dak Prescott? Because obviously the contract negotiations are ongoing and they haven't been able to reach a deal. So, yeah. you know, what do the Cowboys and what do the New England Patriots going to do? I mean, those are two big franchises in the NFL and they're
1: probably looking to get a a quarterback in some sort. For sure. Well, we, we've we been talking about the top of the draft and, you know, obviously there's three days to this draft and it's all going to be digital. It's all going to be, I mean, it's a virtual world. You know, I, I who knows what's going to happen. I oh, hey. I was excited
2: for the, uh, the Bellagio draft in Las Vegas, Yeah. where they were going to have the draft picks, like go on like a little tiny boat and like yeah. float <laughs> to the
1: stage. <laughs> which I did not think was very appealing, but uh, I hope they kind of turn it into... Did you ever watch Mystery Science Theater? No. Oh, So Mystery, Mystery Science Theater, for those of you who don't know, uh, it was like uh, like two puppets out in space along with this like one random guy, and they would just watch these old like B-rated movies from like the 60s and 70s and just sit down, and all you would see is a silhouette, and then you'd see the movie, and they would just make fun of the movie the whole way through. I hope to see some type of silhouette sitting in front of of the commission as he walks in his basement living room <laughs> in front of a green screen announces a pick. And then they continue to boo because we need somebody to boo the commissioner <laughs> during the NFL draft. Um, who are your sleeper picks guys that who, who a lot of people might not know around the nation that you think are going to be a big time name here in the next couple of years. So I'm a little biased as uh, you can see here, got the PAC 12,
2: Banner right there, uh, so I'm going to go with a couple of Pac-12 guys. Uh, I th- I think my top sleeper pick is Austin Jackson, uh, offensive tackle from USC. Uh, he's going to fall in in the second round, I believe, uh, just because this past year his production uh, wasn't as well as as the other years, and he had a chance to be a, a first round talent. But I'll tell you why he's falling in the draft. He's really athletic. He's 6'5", 322 pounds, but he ran a 507 40-yard dash. When you're 322 pounds, 6'5", and you can run a 507 40-yard dash for an offensive lineman, I think that's pretty damn quick. So I think he's really athletic and big. He's got the size for the NFL. But the reason why I think he's going to fall in the draft and the reason why his production was down this past season uh, was because his sister – was dealing with like a rare blood disorder mm-hmm. and he donated bone marrow to his own sister because he was a match. There were like wow. 12 categories for him to be a match with, sure. with his, with the sister. He matched all 12 requirements. So he was able to donate, you know, she was uh, receiving blood like every three weeks. He was a match for bone marrow uh, transplant or, and, and gave it to her. So I, it was in his lower back where they, where they took the blood. Um, and I, I think uh, that really set him back this past season. So Austin Jackson, great story with him and his sister. That's awesome. And I, yeah, and, I, and sure. I think, you know, with his athleticism, he's going to make one NFL team uh, really happy. My second sleeper pick uh, LaVisca Chanel wide receiver from Colorado. He's six two and was arguably the biggest playmaker uh, going into last season he dealt with a number of injuries over the last couple of years at Colorado but we've always heard his name and we always heard his potential because we could see what he's capable of on a football field and I think LaVisca Chanel if he gets into you know a spread offense I mean he's 6'2 you know but he could play a little bit of inside receiver and he could do a number of things as a receiver so I like LaVisca Chanel uh what, wherever he goes Uh, In in the NFL draft, it's definitely not going to be a first round, but, you know, second, Mm -hmm. third, fourth round pick. I mean, he's going to make an NFL team happy. Um, And then my last one is uh, LSU running back uh, Clyde Edwards Hilaire. He's small. He's about 5'7", 5'8", and his production mostly comes out of the backfield. I think he's going to be a perfect fit for a, a team like the Carolina Panthers, who just gave Christian McCaffrey uh that big time contract because this allows Christian McCaffrey to flex out more and do more things as a wide receiver because they're gonna need him to be more durable. So a guy like Clyde Edwards Hilaire operating out of the backfield could be a nice option. And then uh, Joe Brady, the quarterback's coach for the LSU Tigers is now the offensive coordinator with the Carolina Panthers. So there's a connection there and he are can you, fit into the Are offensive. you on the
1: Bridgewater train? Yes or no? Uh no I'm not either
2: by either. I'm I'm not, not, I'm I'm not a believer. No, I'm not a believer. Sean Payton's a good coach. Great (laughs) offense
1: there in new Orleans. Yeah. Uh, so my, my three sleeper picks, uh, first of all, uh, I hate to do this because as you can see, I am also a PAC 12 guy and I am representing the university of Arizona, the greatest university of all the land. Um, but I'm going to go with an ASU wide receiver. Brandon, Ayuk. saw this guy play several times this year. This kid has, he has some intangibles that are just ridiculously off the charts. I'm actually surprised that he wouldn't go in the first round. I just think his speed, um, his route running ability, uh, the way he he's just so physical with, with the ball. I, just, I was very impressed by him this season. Brandon Ayuk for sure. Uh, then we have Antoine Winfield Jr., uh, safety out of Minnesota. Great ball instincts. His dad played for the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, it's in his genes. I just I think that as somebody that could potentially fall into the second or third round, he'd be a great sleeper day pickup. And then finally, Trey Adams, offensive tackle for Washington. This guy should be a first round pick. The only problem is, is that he got injured quite a bit. And uh, you know, but he has he has special skills. He 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 can see the game, he's smart, he's intelligent. And he has the size and the unique athletic ability to play that offensive tackle position and possibly even guard, um, you know, which makes him a lot uh, a lot more flexible. So um, so other than that, uh, you know, we had a question by Luis Colon uh, earlier today. Uh, He asked, uh, he said, hey, Justin, could you give me your opinion on who do you think will get drafted first between Xavier McKinney and Jeremy Chin? You could even answer it on the show. Thanks, brother. Or I I
2: really like uh, uh, Xavier McKinney. Uh, You know, he's a a solid safety uh, from University of Alabama. And, you know, Alabama, they just have a tendency of producing, you know, hard-hitting safeties and guys that can uh, translate to the next level. Um, So, yeah, I'm going to go with uh, Xavier uh, McKinney. I don't know where exactly he's going to fall, but, you know, one team I I really think uh, can use a guy like him. Maybe the Dallas Cowboys, uh, you know, they need some defensive backs. Um, they're going to be a, a interesting team to watch this year. So yeah, I, I like Xavier McKinney going to the Dallas Cowboys, and I think he's going first.
1: Nice, nice. Yeah, uh, McKinney's been projected to go anywhere from the first to the third round. Um, and so we appreciate that question, Jeff Campbell. Thanks. We Luke. see your tight end question. Uh, his question is: What tight end do you think will go first in the draft? Commit um, uh, Bryant Hopkins or Troutman or other? Justin. Which tight end do I think is going to go first in the draft? Yeah. Hmm.
2: That's a really good question.
1: That is a good question. You know, I haven't even done my homework on the tight end, so Jeff, you me on that one. That was a good one. Um, Yeah. Because truth be told, I look at positions of need for the teams that I care about, and though tight end would be a decent – get for the Cardinals. I don't think uh it'll be anywhere close to the first or second or third round for them. So I'm not quite sure about that. That's yeah. a good question by Jeff. Yeah. You know what, Jeff? Um I will say this. Uh we will answer it in the comment section um after the show and then um, after we do our homework on it. How about Absolutely. that? So uh and then uh yeah we, we'll just wrap that up first of for first and foremost. That's our first segment, Justin. How about that? First segment of the books. There it is. There it is. All right. So we're gonna move History. on. You know obviously the the nation and the country is been dealing with coronavirus, um, you know, COVID-19 it's affecting everybody. It's affecting all of us. Uh, A lot of us are having to quarantine and stay at home and there's a lot of stay at home orders around the country. Uh, things in some parts of the country are are a little bit looser than others. I would say Arizona is probably not as locked down as, as, as you would say, like a New York, obviously for obvious reasons. Um, but nonetheless, sports is trying to find a way to make it back into the homes of, Their fans, right? And with that being said, Major League Baseball is kind of at the forefront because we should be in the middle of their season right now. They should be about 25, 30 games in right about now. And some of the speculation has been everything from all the teams being here in Arizona to splitting up the teams that play in the Grapefruit and the Cactus League, stay in Florida, stay in Arizona, so on and so forth. The logistical reasons in Florida make it a little bit more of a challenge than here in Arizona. So, what we're going to talk about, Justin, is how. Can Major League Baseball get all 30 teams here in Arizona and have it really make sense? I'm going to start this one off. The The rumors have been quarantine everybody, right? Uh, build a mythical bubble, if you will. Hotels will be rented out and only be for Major League teams. Um, each facility here in the Valley, for the most part, I, I think there's like 13 or 14 facilities. Um, some of them you can share. Some of them have minor league facilities as well, in addition to it. So there's plenty of facilities for all 30 teams. So that part logistically is, is kind of solved, if you will. The problem is how do you quarantine everybody? How do you force major league baseball players to potentially take two to three months away from their families without seeing them? Um, which is, I'm going to say this right off the bat. It falls on deaf ears to me when you're talking about they're going to go play a sport for three months and they're going to be away from their families and they can only FaceTime and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, okay, well, they can still FaceTime. They can still, you know, they can still interact with their families. They're not in Iraq for crying out loud. Let's, you know, I, it, it, you know, that I was in Iraq for nine months. Like, not the same. Okay. Not the same. You know, I don't have a missile coming at my head when I'm at Chase Field. Okay. Um, so I, there's there's a little bit of a difference there, but it's still a difficult process. And for those who, who have never separated from their family to that length of time, that that could be difficult. So, yeah. The, and the challenge is, you know, security wise, how do you stop these players from coming back? What happens if somebody gets sick and then they come back and then they affect everybody else? And then, you know, so some guy comes back from the DL uh, or the injured list and from covid. Now they got quarantined for two weeks. It's just a lot of issues that I just – I don't know how they're going to solve all those. Yeah, and what happens if a
2: player gets COVID-19? I mean, we've seen it plague the NBA. Uh, we saw the very first NFL player uh, get coronavirus uh, with the, that Rams center. I'm blanking on his name right now. Um, you know, who's to say that a MLB player – does he get COVID nineteen? And then what's going to happen? I, Do we just shut I down apol- operation?
1: I apologize for making these faces every now and then. Uh, we are having technical things that I'm trying to work out. So when the sound pops up, I make a face and I'm like, "Oh my bad." <laughs>
2: <It's>, <laughs> no, just carry you're- on, Justin. <laughs> oh no, no, I just think you know, you we have to be smart about this. You know, the MLB, Absolutely. we they have to be smart. They have to go through all the logistics. Do baseball players actually want? to be quarantined. Do they want to stay in a hotel for three months? I don't know. A lot of MLB players are going to say, yeah, that'd be great, but we've already done it for spring training. I mean, wh- who? Why can't we do it for another three months? But then you get to a point where you start to get cabin fever and it almost feels like, like a labor camp where you're just going from hotel to training camp to playing games rinse wash and repeat like yeah. you you just you can't do anything as a player and you're going to be cooped up in this hotel room I don't know about you Saul but I love the comfort of my own home Same. I love being able to walk around and if you're a baseball player if you're a professional athlete you love to be able to have the opportunity to train at your house with nobody around you what are you going to do in the hotel room
1: it's going to feel like prison you're going to do well, burpees well, push-ups well, for some, like for some of these guys, I mean but let, let's be let, let's here's the counter argument to that, right not everybody has a full a full gamut mm-hmm. of workout material at their house, right So some of these guys they haven't been able to physically train the way they normally would right now, right so that that's a that's an issue that they would have to deal with you know you know you got guys that are minor league, Fringe major league baseball players that are making just you know a couple thousand or a hundred thousand dollars a year, as opposed to you know your mega superstars. Yeah, sure, the Mike Trout's and the Aaron Judges don't have to worry about that. But what about that guy that's you know the 40th man on the roster, the 26th man on the roster? You know, I mean, like you got to think about those guys too, and they don't have all that to their disposal like other other guys do.
2: Yeah, and 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 that's also the thing too is you know what's going to happen with the farm system teams? Are they just going to remain on? hiatus is it just going to be the MLB teams has there been conversations about the minor league teams the double a teams uh falling under this rule like like what's going to happen to those guys because those guys want an opportunity to play and you know what's going to happen if you're in the middle of a season and a couple guys get hurt I mean who do you go to you don't know who's playing well in the minor leagues so you don't know who's the right guy to call up I just I, I love it. I would think it's it's. I think it'd be great to see all thirty teams in the MLB come to Arizona and play. Uh, I I think they could do it without fans and just keep churning out games because you don't have to worry about all the other uh, distractions and possible hurdles with fans coming. But I, I don't know. It's just tough. It but is tough.
1: I mean, the, the MLB would probably be the first league to do it. I mean, it, and and they can only do it once everything kind of goes back at least as close to normal as possible. I don't think anything in the country is ever going to be as normal as it once was. You know, I think this is going to change a lot. Um, A lot of, a lot of businesses are probably thinking, man, you know what, maybe we could just work from home um, and save ourselves office space and save ourselves the bills and the money that come with that, you know? And uh, I, I know I've, I've, I was kind of fighting it at first, but I actually kind of enjoy working from home. I'm not going to lie. Like I wake up every day, I can just wear basketball shorts and a t-shirt, do my job. Like, you know, everything's on Zoom. And I'm presentable. You know, if I have an official meeting, I'll throw on a polo or a nice, you know, button-up shirt. But, you know, I've had to do that zero times so far. So party on top. Party, on top. party on top. Or no, party, <laughs> a party below. Professional on top. That's it. That's it. Exactly. You know, also, um, I have four kids. And if I was stuck in a hotel room for three months with my four kids, I would want to fight them. OK, like I love my kids. They're the they're awesome. You know, I have a I have a son that's about to play baseball up in Louisiana. I have another son who thinks he's going to be a professional rapper. Uh, I have a daughter who plays volleyball and a son that plays football. I love them all to death. They're like my pride and joy. But if I am confined to a 12 by 12 space for more than six hours, if it's not sleep, hey, all right, let's get the fists ready because we're about to throw down. Okay? It's annoying. <laughs> it's no way not gonna happen, son. So, uh, anyway, uh, we're waiting for Scoop B, Scoop Brandon or Brandon Robinson. Scoop B is what they call him, Scoop B Radio, out in New York. Uh, he does a fantastic job covering the NBA and hip hop culture and all that stuff. We're waiting for him to jump on as soon as he jumps on. We're gonna get into this Jordan documentary. And, a uh, you know, and Justin, it was awesome, it was as awesome as I hoped it would be. There was a couple things that I wasn't a big fan of, like I didn't like. The forward and backward and forward and backward, you know, going from like 97 back to like 84 then back to 97 and then back to like 86. Um, but I understood why they did it. Cause you know, there's for the younger generation, <clears throat> present company included um, a lot of you guys didn't get a chance to see Jordan and, and understand like his journey and what he did. You know, all you guys know is LeBron and Kobe, like that's the current generation mindset. Right. And I think, bringing bringing um you know bringing on that that history and the and why it was so important i think was very important and speaking of which my man scoop b robinson is in the house what's going on brandon gentlemen what's going on happy uh sunday <laughs> happy sunday happy, happy last happy, dance day happy last dance day that's what i'm talking about
0: All that so. good stuff yes so. sir
1: so Scoop, uh, you know, we're live right here on Facebook. Uh, you watched the Jordan doc. What was your very first thought that went through your mind as soon as it ended?
0: When is uh, episode three dropping? Um, I, <laughs> yeah. and I definitely enjoyed it because um, for me, um, that was actually my childhood. And I actually was around that team working uh, as a media worker covering the Nets um, during the 97 98 season. And um, there were some things that I didn't realize as a kid that kind of, um, it, it kind of like the whole Scotty Pippen thing. That they, that I, when Scotty, when the Nets played um, the Bulls, it was a December game when they were in New Jersey playing the Nets. And Scotty was was not there. He was inactive. And I remember being in a locker room with with Michael and Dennis and Luke Longley. And Luke gave me a pair of sneakers. I still have them in my parents house. Um, And I just remember the dynamic of the Bulls. Um, You know, you really everybody was discussing how that was their last season. Mm -hmm. And I didn't understand how a championship team would want to disband after just winning like five previous championships. And when the Warriors disbanded with KD at the very least, it made more sense as an adult.
1: Yeah, absolutely. You know, I I think, um, you know, the dynamics, you know, I I was I'm the same generation as you, Brandon. You know, I grew up on the Bulls like um, Michael Jordan was my guy. Like he was my first like idol. Right. Right. And you heard it every single year. It seemed like after the first the first part of the second three P, you know, after that first 72 win season for the Bulls. After that, you kind of heard, oh, are they coming back? They might break up, this and that and the other. And you just were like, oh, yeah, yeah, whatever. So that that last season, even though that was the truth, it almost seemed like, is it really going to happen? Like, they're really going to just break this team up, even though they just won six world championships out of the last eight years? This is crazy.
0: The crowds dynamic was something that I also did not um, understand. Um, that I put a tweet out a little while ago where I had a picture of, uh, the, 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 the the slimy slumlord guy on um, <laughs> Space Jam and put it nationally. Um, uh, to me, I wonder if someone really did create that depiction and, you know, made that, a, you know, a, a, a dig at Krause. But um, looking at the behind the scenes of Jordan's dynamic with Krause and Pippa's dynamic with Krauss, um the bullying aspect um, on their end, but almost like the jog versus the nerd. But also, a lot of people—you knew Michael was great. Look, he was like the the popular kid at school, that everybody wanted to be. And they wanted their piece of the pie. Um, but the players are the people who put put butts in seats, not the the front office. And um, you know, it's it's just interesting to kind of look back on it and, and see just um, you know, even the portion of, of Pippin signing a, a seven year, I believe it was. 18 million dollar deal, like Man, um, that that would have no grounds today. You know, I, I had Scott Burrell, uh, a member of that Bulls team on the Scooby Radio podcast. I knew Scott uh, when he was a net. He, he joined the Nets the following season during the 99 2000 lockout short season. And he just discussed how much Michael was underpaid. Like, I think that last season he had received like a one year 36 million. He's like, you know, that that's, that's customary for today's all stars like LeBron and, you know, yeah. some of those other guys. So, you know, just Absolutely. looking back on it with a different lens, it's, it's interesting to kind of look
1: back on it. For sure, you know, for sure.
2: You know, Saul, when you said uh, younger generation <laughs> and you said I'm, I'm the one repping, I, I remember Michael Jordan as the Washington R- Wizard because I was born in 1995. And, but I have the utmost respect for Michael Jordan and his career and what he's done for the game of basketball. But for Scoop B and, and Saul, feel free to chime in as well. For somebody who's like me, what does my generation not understand about the greatness that was Michael Jordan and really what he did for the game of basketball and
1: sports? Really? uh, First and foremost, it was the Pistons. Like, I, I don't think people understand the physical toll that Michael Jordan had to go through just to win his very first NBA finals. Like, to me, that's what set the bar for the greatness. And then it just went up from there, right? Um, that's something that this generation just has not seen. You know, they don't see guys getting clotheslined going to the basket. They don't see guys getting undercut and, you know, triple teamed and, you know, hooked around the neck. You know, that, that just doesn't happen. But matter of fact, the last guy that I saw get hooked around the neck was your guy, Kobe Bryant, by Rajah Bell. That's the last time I saw that. You know what I mean? Like, it just doesn't happen nowadays. You know what I mean? You, you get you get suspended for a whole year. You do this, some stuff like that. You know, could you imagine Draymond doing that to LeBron on the way to the basket? It would never happen. So that's where I think it all started, and that's that's where the greatness was like, man, this dude had to go through hell, and he came out clean as a whistle on the other side. He's like, Andy Dufresne breaking out shot of Shawshank. Man, I'm telling you, it was <laughs> awesome.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I think you nailed on ahead. You know, when you talk about the Pistons and, and Bulls rivalry, like it took them some years. Um, you know, I, I've had um, – John Sally on the Scoopy Radio podcast and he's discussed how um, he felt that towards the end like when the Bulls finally got over the hump, almost like Scotty and, and Michael had the, the refs on speed dial. Um, he felt that there were some questionable calls and you know when I talk to Isaiah about that, um, he, he feels as though you know many people believe that Michael was just this guy that came into the league right away. And he meant it respectfully. That came into the league right away and just was dominating, you know, kind of like LeBron made. He was like, I bet you think because you were born in the 90s that Michael was just, you know, the king, like out the, out the gate. And it no. wasn't like that. No. He had to earn his rights. And to be honest with you, as popular as LeBron was, you know, he had to get through Detroit. He had to get through Boston. Um, when he was in Cleveland, and then when he went to Miami, that's kind of when things started to really go his way, teaming with the big three that included himself and Wade and Josh. But you know, really and truly, I, I think that for to, to directly answer your question, um, I think what you missed was the baton that Magic Johnson um, had to give to Michael because of um, be testing positive. Um, but also, I feel like that baton was handed to him really during the Olympics in 92, between he and Bird. And concurrently, while that was going on, what you also saw was Isaiah, who tore his Achilles, like the type of Achilles yeah. that was that hampered Kevin Durant. And it's better sports medicine now that can treat those type of injuries, where back then it, it was different. So. You know, I'll use this example, and it's 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 the only one that I can compare to. And it, there's a hip hop reference. It makes me wonder sometimes what would have happened if Biggie was was still alive and Pac was still alive, and how Jay Z and Nas would match up. Comparatively, when you look at the NBA dichotomy in that regard, what if Isaiah did not tear his Achilles? What if you know Magic did not contract HIV, and you know, and and Larry Bird had back issues. So. I think what you missed was just how that level of history set up. Uh, but what you probably were blessed to see was how, when Michael Jordan retired the first time, it set up shop um, for the next go around. Because if you remember, yeah. right after he retired and then right before or after he he came back and lost in the semifinals to Orlando, he taped Space Jam. And then he went on that Magnificent, Magnificent, I can't talk. Magnificent. <laughs> it's second late. Second three. Yeah, that Magnificent, that, you know what the hell I'm saying. <laughs> 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 that, three, that, that, that included Robin. So I, I think in between that, you saw Iverson, you saw Kobe, and then he retired again and then he came back. So you saw different sequences just of how he impacted the game for 20 years.
1: For sure. For sure. You know, I, I, if if there was one single moment in this stock, you know, there's, there's two episodes that have aired. There's going to be eight more, which I mean, you know, in this Netflix generation, right? I think we're all spoiled to just be able to just binge watch and keep going and keep going. So first of all, when that first commercial break hit, I'm not gonna lie. I was like, what the hell? what just happened buzz here? Like, Oh, no, you know, like, yeah, complete buzzkill. Like I don't want to see a commercial go commercial free. You got Facebook sponsored the damn thing. Let's go. You know what I mean? Like, come on. So, uh, but, but like in, in terms of the whole documentary, the, the, the two episodes that we saw, what was your single favorite moment? Um, and I'll start with you, Justin. Ooh, single f- favorite moment from the whole documentary.
2: Um, Probably when Michael Jordan uh, took out Danny Ainge golfing, and 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 told uh, was like, look what I'm about to do to DJ tomorrow, <laughs> and, and and just went out and just totally torched the Boston Celtics, and uh, that was the game when uh, he took uh, Larry Bird baseline right, mm-hmm. and just yeah. went out and, and absolutely torched them. Uh, you know, Michael Jordan. It, it seems like the golf course is where. You know he talked the most smack. Like I go back to one story that I heard. I believe it was on Dan Patrick. Uh, he went golfing with uh, Ronick, uh, the the hockey player, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. he played thirty six holes of golf. And then Ronick made a bet with Michael Jordan, and Jordan said, "I bet you I'll go out and drop forty points, and we get a win tonight." Right after playing thirty six holes of golf and drinking like six Bud Lights, eight Bud Lights, goes out, drops fifty two, and and the Bulls win that game. You know, so uh, even though that part wasn't the documentary, I think the part where he took out Danny Ainge and said, "Look what I'm about to do to your team tomorrow night," and going out and kill them. I mean, that's that's Michael Jackson or Michael Jordan.
1: What you got? Um, School. I liked
0: I liked the part about um, what he said to Ainge um, because you know even before this documentary, I've spoken to some players, past and present, who um, have have had Michael Jordan stories. I think. What is so interesting about Michael is, number one, he, and Sam Smith uh, with, with the bull, said this, um, you know, you kind of, stories have been written by other people who have told Michael's story. Michael is telling his story for the first time, um, and I love the fact that he says the F word. Just,
1: oh, right? Like, yes. <laughs> yes.
0: like. Like, like we grown. So like, it's, it's like, it's cool. But um, I've heard stories about Michael Jordan um, singing Anita Baker's giving you the best that I got while he scored 48 points on Jerry Stackhouse. Um, I've heard stories of um, Jimmy Jackson um, uh, having a successful first half against Michael while wearing Michael's shoes and during, while Jimmy was shooting free throws, Michael looked over to Jimmy and said, you know, Jimmy, you talk a lot of shit for somebody who wears my sneakers. <laughs> um, and then the Bulls ended up winning that game in the second half. So like, you know, I, I've, I've heard a lot of stories. So the fact that Michael Jordan talks junk is really not a surprise to me. Um, but I think why is a surprise to And I mean this respectfully, Justin. I think it's a surprise to younger folks, people that are younger than me. It's because there was no internet, so everything wasn't viral worthy. It was like almost like if you heard the Little Mermaid or 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 you know Belle from Beauty and the Beast, curse, you're like, wait, what? Yeah, Michael was so clean. Now you're seeing the other side, and I, and I yeah. like it.
1: I love I like it. it. I, you know, I think more than anything, it, it brings him not down because I, I I'm always going to think he's the greatest basketball player of all time but it it humanizes them in a way that I'm like, there it is. You know, like, like it's relatable, like, you know, in, in a, in a small kind of way, you know, like my favorite, my favorite quote of the whole doc so far was Michael Jordan was the best, best individual to do the best at any, anything period. It was like any sport, any career, he was the best to do what he was doing at that time better than anybody else in the world. And it, it's hard to argue with that. Like, the guy was so competitive. He was so maniacal. Um, Eddie Johnson kind of talked about how, uh, you know, on, on on Fox Sports Arizona, he talked about how uh, there's a story where he was playing for the Pacers and the game is over. Like, there's like two minutes of some change left. The, the Bulls were in the middle of their 70-game run. And, uh, and Eddie said something to him, like kind of talking trash to Jordan. And Jordan was like, what? And like he – battled back and almost beat the pacers by himself and they go to a timeout and eddie johnson goes and he's talking to his coach uh, i forgot uh, i think it was um uh, larry brown at the time and he says larry uh, I'm, I'm sorry i i said something to michael and I, I shouldn't have said anything to michael and so after it was all over they cross paths and eddie eddie looks at michael he's like my bad and <laughs> michael goes you're effing right, us. you bad. We're gonna see you in the playoffs. <laughs> and then he's like, "Damn, you know, like that's that's what it is, you know." Like uh, my single favorite yeah. moment, obviously, was, it was it wasn't even Michael Jordan. Honestly, it was it was the first three minutes of part two when you started to get to know a little bit more about Scottie Pippen, and I didn't really I didn't realize he had two people in his household that were in wheelchairs and like i mean this kid had to go through quite a bit in his household just to you know get to where he was and then he gets disrespected at the, the the kind of way that he did um yeah i understand contracts and if you you sign a contract whatever but man there's a little bit of like respect that comes along with you know adjusting a contract every here every now and then and and paying the guy what he's worth and i think everybody wants to get paid what they're worth they don't want to feel like they're just you know uh, made uh, made a muck for no reason so that was my favorite it, part of the Scottie Pippen
0: issue. It it, 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 yeah, it felt like the back, basketball version of, of, of getting out of your deal of Death Row Records.
1: Yeah, 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 <laughs> yes, absolutely, yeah. And, and, and so, like, it's so is comparison. it, is it Reinsdorf or is it Krauss that's Sug? <laughs> <Which> Krauss <one? laughs> is it Krauss? Because Reinsdorf nice. is like, hey, you shouldn't sign this contract, but if you do. You're done, you know, like, <laughs> and then they, they try to come back. He's like, I'm not even trying to hear you. Like Reinsdorf said that in the doc.
2: I just think it's so crazy that, you know, they were talking mm-hmm. about all of Pippin's stats. Like he was first in assists, first in steals. Like he, he was like top three, in literally every single category. 122nd but he was, in salary. 122nd in salary, six on his team. <laughs> like imagine like Paul George and montrez harold makes more than paul george on the clippers like you you just wouldn't you wouldn't see that and i thought that was a little disrespectful and i think scottie Pittman had every right to be
1: pissed off imagine imagine clay imagine clay getting yeah. less than like five guys on that team like, like Kevon looney kevin
0: <laughs> like you no, know
1: never yeah. <laughs> yeah. that's that's salty man that's salty so.
0: yeah I, I, and i think that when you really look at today's game um, people got mad at LeBron James uh, when he made the decision to uh, leave Cleveland to go to Miami Um, when you look at baseball Kurt flood and sports made it possible for guys to make up their mind and he suffered for it when you look at um, Oscar Robertson he created the, 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 the Players Association you know he was the first president um, and then, you know, they have elections every year. And I think when you look at Michael Jordan, you know, the last two years, the contract that he got, and you know, that was makeup for all of maybe years or how much he brought to that team. And, you know, I, I um, am very intertwined with the Chicago Bulls because I wear Xenia optical glasses, which are the, you know, the official sponsor of the Bulls. But I've learned, or I, I, I I'll just say that I now, see why one and one is two Yeah. as to why even Michael's involvement with the Bulls to this day, you know, obviously he's a majority owner of the of the Charlotte Hornets, but you know, the way he left the Bulls in 98 wasn't necessarily on the best of terms. Um, And and I think that people who are watching this now will see why that is. So For the sure. last year really complicated a lot of things, even with the things with Phil handling and, and more, you know, even being a great team, you know, the Bulls are still a business and those guys are
1: subcontractors. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Scoop, man, it's been great having you on. Appreciate you joining the podcast. It's our debut today. Much love. You always support Justin and myself and uh, and we continue to support you always. We're, tell the people where they can find you.
0: Justin and Saul, thank you for having me. You can check me out on the Scoopy radio podcast, uh, which is available on all platforms uh 2.1 million streams last year we just had stuff on marbury on last week went viral uh we had food actually kill on. uh we've had a myriad of different people on you can check out.
1: kind of breaking up a little bit there you know there you go. There you go. Uh, Brandon kind of broke up a little bit there, but you can find yeah. his his podcast on pretty much every platform, Scooby Radio Podcast. You can follow him on yeah. Twitter. Uh, yeah, we can hear you now, um, but your screen kind of froze. But, hey, brother, we're going to peace out to you. We appreciate you joining us on the podcast. You know, we, we, we love what you do out there. We follow you all the time, and keep up the good work. All right. Thank Scooby. you, Scooby. Scoop B joining us on the podcast, and uh, you know, hey, that was, I think that was a great way to kind of wrap this up. You know, uh, you know, first of all, Justin, I, I can't express to you how excited I am about what we're doing right now. We got 14 people um, now watching the stream as we sit, and I'm telling you, people, you're gonna want to tune in every week because we're gonna ha- we're gonna try. Hey, this isn't gonna be some like, hey, let me just go ahead and go up the street and get my neighbor to talk on our podcast. This is like we're gonna go after some some people to talk on this podcast and talk about some some legit stuff you know what i mean and we have to be careful about cursing uh we we you know we have to we have to abide by our um you know by it's like you're meeting our representative and i, I wish we could do a little bit more and you know cuz if you know me <laughs> then you know i like a good f bomb but i'm not going to do it on this platform just, a, a good f bomb just puts some I english mean, on a sentence it just feels good it just <laughs> feels
0: good to just say
2: ah yeah. you know what i mean like oh. But, even we we can't say the F word, but I just now thought of my favorite part of the documentary. It's when Michael Jordan had a broken foot and the, the <laughs> doctors told him, No,
1: yeah.
2: don't go out on the court. There's a 10% chance if you break it again, your career could be done. And Michael Jordan's like, But you gotta look at the glass half full. 90%, I'm not gonna get hurt. And the doctor said, Let me put it to you this way: if I gave you 10 pills. And and one of those pills was going to kill you and you have a headache. Are you going to take one of those pills? And Michael Jordan says it depends on how bad the bleeping headache is.
1: (laughs) Yes, absolutely. Um, Hey, next week, we got a few changes for you. We're going to be back same time, same channel. Um, but we will also be adding our YouTube stream to this. So if you can't catch us here and you want to catch us on YouTube, by all means. And on YouTube, you can even watch it on the TV. So that's pretty cool. Um, and some of you can even stream this off of your phone. Uh, I know my phone gives me updates and says, hey, why don't you play it on your Apple TV? I'm like, okay, cool, even though it's Facebook. So you have that yeah. option. Um, we are not yet on iTunes, but we will be. Uh, we will be. Uh, there's like a week-long like phasing process and stuff. And so whatever, but we are on all the other platforms. Um, The, the podcast will be uploaded tomorrow at some point. And uh, man, this is a great first run. And uh, I, I couldn't be happier, Justin.
2: I'm excited. You know, this is the first of many episodes. And like you said, uh, Saul, and I'll kind of echo it to our listeners. We're going to get listeners on as much as possible or listener guests on as much as possible. Uh, we're going to try to provide a different perspective. You know, Saul does his uh, incredible work with Fox Sports Arizona. I work with the Arizona Daily Star. But, you know, th- like like we said at the start of this podcast, this is a chance for us to really uh, talk about a bunch of different things, and a lot of interesting topics, not just sports, but things that are going on uh, in pop culture, in entertainment, and really
1: what's going on in, in today's world. First, before you leave, just like we're going to do every single week, Give the people one thing that you're watching on TV right now.
2: One thing that I'm watching on TV right now, uh, Netflix, it's called LA original. Uh, it's not a series. It's uh, it's a movie. Uh, it's about two hours long and it's, it's a documentary about Mr. Cartoon, this uh, tattoo artist in LA who's done a lot of work on uh, rappers and ballplayers like Kobe Bryant is in the documentary. Uh Mr. Cartoon tattooed Dr. Dre eminem 50 Cent. Like everybody in nice. LA has been tattooed by Mr. Cartoon, including my late father. My father was nice. tattooed by Mr. Cartoon. Jerry Jerry, Jerry, Jerry Spears, Spears. Spears in the house. Late Jerry Spears. Uh there I had to give my, my shout out to my late father. Uh rest rest in peace. But um you know, he, he got tattooed by Mr. Cartoon before he really became Mr. Cartoon. So to see like, man, that guy tattooed my dad, like it, it's really dope. cool to watch. I highly recommend it. L.A. Original on Netflix.
1: Nice. I'm uh, I'm watching that, actually. I just finished up The Chef Show, which is awesome. If you've ever seen the movie, they have a show now, um, and they have a lot of cool guests on there, from Gwyneth Paltrow um, to uh, Bill Burr. And it's just it's really awesome to to watch them all in the kitchen cooking together. And it just kind of gives you a nice, warm, fuzzy feeling. And actually, Justin, uh, before the Pac-12 tournament got shut down, we went to Roy Choi's restaurant. Uh, uh, best friend had the best bologna sandwich I think I've ever had in my life. <laughs> It was so good stuff. Still to this day, I'll like catch myself like kind of like licking the tip of
2: my lips. Like (laughs) I, I, I can taste the fried bologna sandwich, but I
1: can't. And it's like I really want it. There you Second. go, man. You try to make it, but you can't replicate it, man. You can't. You know? Just can't do it. Often duplicated, never imitated. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. Uh, and then uh, actually what I'm watching right now is Community. I've actually gotten to that show, Childish Gambino and, and Company, and, it's <laughs> man, it's hilarious. Every single episode of that has just been great so far. So that's what I'm watching. Uh, that's it for this week, folks. Uh, you can catch us uh, pretty much every Sunday night here on Facebook and YouTube starting next week, and then you can catch our podcast the next day if you miss the show. Uh, every on any streaming platform we'll post a link on our social media you can follow us on twitter at the total bs pod um or any other platform the total bs podcast and it's uh it's pretty dope uh we had some we actually had quite a few uh people interact with us tonight justin a lot of people are saying they're watching Ozark, Marianne Deporter Bar- Barrett. Shout out to you! Um, and uh, a lot of love. A lot of people are, are giving some love to your dad right now, uh, Daniel yes. Fork, saying, "You know, all love to your dad." And and Terrence, much appreciate you. Miss Miss you at the TSPL, but that's how we do it here, folks. We're gonna we're gonna kick it up another notch next week here on Absolutely. the Total BS Podcast. We'll catch you next week. Have a good week, everybody.